Welcome to the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Today on the podcast, we have audio from our Saturday night service on February 20th, downtown Covington. Title of this talk is Asking, Seeking, Knocking. And this talk kicks off a faith experiment we're going to be doing with the North Shore Vineyard in the weeks leading up to Easter, and this is called 40 Days of Faith. If you'd like to join us on this journey, you can go to our website, northshorevineyard.org, and we will have resources available on there that you can print out, some devotional study guides that uh, you can use in your own daily walk. And we also encourage people to find two or three other people uh, to maybe get together on a weekly basis to, to kind of process through some of these things. So if you're interested in that uh, or interested in people getting together, you can contact us through the website as well. All right. Well, here we go to the talk. Thanks for listening. Have y'all had enough celebrating lately? Anybody ready to get back to a little productivity? (laughs) You know, I, I did not grow up in southeast Louisiana, which you might be able to tell by my accent. Or lack thereof, yeah. Um, so this whole thing about Mardi Gras and Lent and all that, like when I grew up, Lent was something you got out of the dryer, and I didn't know there was anything else. I, I, I realized that uh, Mardi Gras was actually a day that people celebrated. I didn't realize till I moved here that you actually shut down the schools. And, I mean, it was an actual holiday, which was pretty cool in college. Like you got spring break. And you got the Mardi Gras break, which uh, not a lot of other people in the country uh, get that opportunity. So consider yourself blessed. But but Mardi Gras has always seemed kind of like, and, and Ash Wednesday and and Lent, maybe just because I'm a foreigner to Louisiana. I, I feel like, you know, after 16 years, it feels like home now. But uh, it's always seemed a bit weird to me for a number of reasons. You know, you, you party for weeks leading up to Fat Tuesday and it just ramps up, and it gets, like, like crazy to the point where on Bourbon Street they actually have to pull out cops and shut everything down at midnight. And, and then the next morning, people get up and, and go and put ashes on their foreheads, and then they, they fast for a, a bit of time. And that, that always seems strange to me for a couple of reasons, particularly as a Christian, because it, it, it implies with it that the only fun to be had, you know, like there's no fun to be had when it comes to God. Like the only fun is uh, just... Uh, destroying your mind as much as you know with as much as you can drink and as much whatever other substances you can um, come across and they're, they're probably numerous uh, but it implies that 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 the God part you know the, the the part that began Wednesday with Ash Wednesday the God part of this whole thing is um, you know, God's only happy when you're serious. He's only happy when, you know, you're, you're, you're looking sad and somber and, 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 and everything is, you know, like, like if, you're, if you're smiling, if you're enjoying yourself, then God's going to, you know, beat you with a stick. And, it, and it's kind of this mentality that kind of underlies, you, you may have grown up thinking that, you know, if you smile, God's going to, you know, he's not going to be happy with that. But that's always struck me as weird. And then it's also kind of an outgrowth of that idea is, is that, it doesn't reflect a very good view of God, uh, th- this idea of just, you know, 
that, that you, you party your mind out, you know, until Fat Tuesday, and then the next day you're going to get all, uh, because that's what God wants. And it doesn't reflect a very relational view of God, because if you apply that kind of thinking to any other relationships in your life, would it work? No. There was a, there was a fine cinematic masterpiece that came out last year called The Hangover. Uh, I'm not <laughs> by any means endorsing the movie, but the, the basic premise were there's these guys. This one guy was going to get married, and his friends were like, oh, God, don't get married. But if you have to, let's at least have fun before you get married. Because when you get married, it's just going to be the old ball and chain. And, you know, your fun is over from this point out. So they go to Vegas and they party one night and have, you know, alcohol strippers, whatever. And then the next morning they wake up and they don't, everybody's got amnesia. And they're in a hotel room and they got a chicken, a tiger, and a newborn baby. And they're, so they're trying to figure out what happened. But the basic underlying premise of why that movie even works is there's this idea in life that you can't have any fun when you're married, right? Don't say amen. Uh, <laughs> but there's this idea that the fun is, is for before you get married. Once you get married, just forget about it. Man, it's over. It's, and, and that's kind of the idea we apply to God when it, every year in Louisiana when it comes to Mardi Gras and Ash Wednesday. It's like, oh, you better party as much as you can because now it's time to get serious in the weeks leading up to Easter that, you know, God doesn't want to see you smiling or having fun or, or anything like that. And I think that uh, it, it's a misunderstanding of what we've been learning about God. Um, I, I want to do a recap. Has, has anybody ever listened to the podcast that we have online? We have any podcast listeners? Okay. My dad's a, a, a podcast listener. I have my dad here tonight, all the way from Texas. <laughs> he, he, he attends our church from afar. But uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we covered, did a message called Our Father and talked about how, how the prodigal son in that parable, there's two kinds of being lost. There's the obvious kind of, of the guy that takes his father's inheritance and he goes and squanders it with prostitutes and partying and, and just wastes it all. And that, that's easy. You know, he goes down to Mardi Gras on Fat Tuesday and, and uh, we, we, can, we can recognize that. But the other kind of being estranged from God, the other kind of being lost, was the older brother. And he's the one who's the moralist. He's the one that's looking down his nose at all the people at Mardi Gras and saying, oh, what a waste of time, you know. And well, why? And and. and and I've just basically mentioned that, that that was an indictment against the Pharisees. That Jesus was saying, look, I'm trying to reconcile all these people out here who, who are just the, uh, you know, the, the, on the fringes of society, the ones that you don't want to have anything to do with. And I'm reconciling them to me, and you're looking down your nose at them. And he said, this is a good thing. So there's two kinds of, of loss. There's a the kind of loss that, you know, that's just the you know, running away from God, a party, and then there's a the kind of loss that you can be showing up in church every week and obeying the rules, but having no relationship with the Father. And I think that that's what we see, kind of our tendency in a culture, is we see these two types of things played out, I mean, even in the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying by any means that Mardi Gras is bad. I attended the super huge parade here in Covington. It was, it was crazy. It was just, uh, uh, it was wild. But um, tonight, I want to I want to look at, again, what Jesus is saying, and, and he's, he's driving this point home about relationship with the Father, relationship with God. And he says this in Matthew 7, starting in verse 12, he says, I mean, verse 7, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, uh, you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. These verses here tell us a lot of stuff about the spiritual life, about what it means to follow Jesus. But one thing they really hit on, it's dynamic. It's not a static thing. It's not just that I attended a revival once when I was a kid and I went up when they were playing just as I am and I prayed the prayer and I'm in and just going about my life. No, it's a dynamic thing. And it involves seeking. It involves asking. It involves this ongoing uh, dialogue with God. And unfortunately... uh, and, and what, what Jesus is trying to hit on here is this idea. Again, you, you see, we talked a few weeks ago about the parable, um, not the parable, but uh, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. We talked about how that word Abba, it was a word kind of denoting familiarity, like intimacy, uh, you know, affection. It was, a, it was a term like Papa or Dad. And Jesus, again, this is two chapters later than the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is hitting on that very same idea again. He says he, he relates to us as being kids and to our father. Remember back in the, in the parable of the prodigal son, the older brother, he gets indignant. He says, when did you ever give me a goat? Any of you kids ever said that to your parents? <laughs> He's out working in the field. He comes back and he sees this. He hears music. He sees dancing. He sees brisket and country ribs and, and uh, fajitas. He sees all this stuff. They killed the fattened calf, and they're just having a party, and he's just indignant. He's like, why are you doing this, Father? And, and, the, guys, and, and the father says, son, don't you realize everything I have is yours already? In other words, the father's saying, Dude, you could have had a barbecue any time you wanted. You could have had a party any time you wanted. And all these years, you were here following all the rules, and you were missing relationship with me. At least the younger son, the one that went out partying to Mardi Gras, at least that guy had the confidence to ask his father for something. You know, the, if you look at this, that, that parable, the, the one with the bigger sin is, <laughs> is the older brother. That's the, that was kind of the point of Jesus' parable. At least the younger son, as much as he was stupid and, and, and foolish and just missed the mark, at least he had the confidence to ask. And this, these words of Jesus tonight, they challenge us with asking God. Does anybody in here ever have a problem asking God for anything? Or is it just me? Man, I got to tell you, uh, you know, when it comes to asking God for stuff. I mean, I'm okay with like the Miss America thing, like praying for world peace, you know, God bless all the people of the world. I'm okay with that. That's good. I can even say blessings, you know, bless the food. I can even pray for other people to have stuff. But when it comes to me and and not just, not just a sense of give me peace, but you know, like God, I need a new tire (laughs) or or, or I'd like to, to sell my house or, uh, we're, we're low on rent money this week. God, could you take care of that? Sometimes I have a problem with that, and I think there's a couple of barriers. Number one, uh, I've seen a lot of abuses of that. You ever seen abuses of people asking for stuff from God before? It's kind of epidemic in our culture these days. You know, you see people on TV uh, that, you know, send us your money so I can get another plane. (laughs) 
I know there's there's one church a friend of mine went to over in uh, another part of Louisiana. He said the pastor there wouldn't let you get one of the bumper stickers from the church and put it on your car if you had an ugly car. Because <laughs> that, that was, seriously, he, that was a rule. You know, if they saw you with it, I mean, uh, uh, I, I bumped into a guy at the gym the other night, um, and I said that I was new in the area, and inevitably, I hate this question, because if, if you're a pastor, it's, you know, somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, um, I'm a pastor. And as soon as you say that, most of the time, they start going, oh, I'm sorry for cussing. Or, you know... <laughs> They immediately try to, like, change the way they're talking to you. They start, you know, using King James English or something. And uh, uh, this guy the other night, he he didn't try to apologize for his cussing. As soon as he found out I was a pastor, he actually started cussing more. And um, I found out that the church was a bit of a sore spot with him. He says, you know, I'm not very churchy. I was like, oh, me neither. And... uh, (laughs) And uh, he goes on to say, well, my wife goes to some place and, you know, the pastor has six figure income and they gave him, a, you know, an Escalade for Christmas. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to the wrong church. I'm working at the wrong place. Uh, but I think we, we see these things and there's a general attitude in our society that, you know, a lot of people have taken the words of Jesus, you know, ask and it shall be given. They've, they've turned that into to actually serving materialism. You know, they've, they've actually not made it about relationship with God anymore. It's, 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 their God has actually become their stuff. And i got to tell you, I, I, I've been around a lot of that before, and, and I don't want a part of that. But you know what? It's caused me, in a sense, to uh, react all the way to this other end where it's just like, man, I'm afraid to ask God for anything, you know? And, uh, but, you know, just because something gets abused doesn't mean that it can be done in a healthy context. I mean, you think of, of, of sex, for instance. Sex is abused in our culture all the time. But that doesn't mean that there's not a healthy way for sex to happen. Can I get an amen? All right. Um, there's also another barrier. There's also another barrier to asking, and that's, that's that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a risk. Have you ever just, you don't want to risk getting disappointed by God? You ever, you ever think, like, I, I want to ask for this? I would like to believe that God would even want to answer this, but I just don't want to risk asking. And, that, and that's a big thing because, you know, asking God for something, it's risky. He might say no. He might say nothing. He, he, might, he might not even answer your prayer the way you're asking it. But yet the words of Jesus are, ask, <laughs> seek, knock. You know, I put something on your outline there, the importance of ing. You know, ing is important in these words. And if you read a, an NIV Bible or a New King James or a, a New American Standard, you probably have not read the ing part of this. But these words that Jesus was saying, it wasn't just ask, seek, and knock. This is one of the few times where uh, I'll go with the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. See, what Jesus was saying, actually, in the original Greek, it wasn't just, like, ask one time, like, oh, man, I prayed that God would do this one time. He didn't show up, so forget it. No, it's, it's keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. You know, it's not just a one-time deal. It's a continuous thing. It's what, what you're doing with your life. The importance of ing. You know, there was a little boy who, uh, any of y'all ever had 
kids that when it's time to put them to bed, all of a sudden they, they start wanting to drink or, you know, wanting to eat or, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go check my email, whatever. Uh, there was a little boy one time who it was time for, for him to go to bed. And so his father tucked him in upstairs and went downstairs to watch Sports Center. And about five minutes into Sports Center, he hears, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Son, just, just go to bed. Just, just go to sleep. I don't want to hear it. Few minutes later, Daddy, I'm thirsty. And the father said, "Look, if if you don't be quiet and go to bed, I'm going to come up there and give you a spanking." Everything quieted down for a few more minutes, and then all of a sudden, Daddy, when you come up to spank me, would you bring a glass of water? <laughs> you know, kids kids don't understand when they ask for something. They don't take into account that something might not be given. Kids are persistent. And my little boy, it doesn't matter how many times that I have told him that you can't have ice cream for breakfast, he asked me over and over. doesn't matter how many times I've told him, no, he can't have this video game, he keeps asking. And sometimes just by sheer persistence, he wears down my will. Jesus is, is just like that song we're singing, as children, as children we come with our arms open wide. And Jesus said, you know, he encourages us time and time again to be, to be like kids, like children. And, you know, kids know no restraint when it comes to, to their parents. What did Jesus, you know, it, it's interesting in this, that he, he grounds this whole thing in God's goodness as well. He says, if you, if you being evil, you know, had to give good gifts to your kids, how much more is your father in heaven going to give good things to those of you who ask? How much more? And he said, you know, the, the most... I mean, we're, we're all messed up in here as, as earthly fathers. We all got problems, right? But, but it takes a pretty low down. I mean, I'm sure there's a few of them in society. There's some pretty evil ones. But, but most fathers, if, if their son comes and asks them for a sandwich, aren't going to say, have a rock. <laughs> Daddy, can I have some goldfish for my fishbowl? How about a cobra? <laughs> and Jesus says, if you be in evil know how to give good gifts to your kids you're gonna you know i mean your kid asks for a sandwich you're gonna give him a sandwich you're, you're not gonna just see how cruel you can be to him god says i'll give you i'll give you what you're asking for so the question i want to close with tonight what if we took the words of jesus and matthew seriously what if we actually took what jesus was saying seriously and I got to be honest with you, I have not taken it seriously most of my Christian life. You know, I'm the type that I'll pray for something one time and God doesn't answer it and I give up. <laughs> Maybe twice. I'm the type that doesn't, I, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to ask for something and God to not come through. I'm not like Ezra when it comes to asking for ice cream. I, I give up quickly. But what if we took the words of Jesus seriously? What if we understood this relationship with God uh, was, was, was core of our Christian experience. And we actually said, you know, uh, we're going to come with arms wide open. We're going to ask. We're, we're going to be just risky enough to throw it out there. You might not come through. You may come through in a different way. You might say no. You might say that we can't have ice cream for breakfast. But we're going to keep asking. So tonight, you, you got two pages there. 
And the second page in your notes is, says 40 days of faith. And I figured instead of us trying to uh, do a fast for Lent that we could, we could maybe do something different. Although fasting in Louisiana for Lent, I've noticed, is a pretty cool deal. I was, was listening to WWL the other morning, and Bob Del Giorno was uh, having people call in with their Lent recipes. And, you know, somebody was like, well, you know, grilled redfish with, with <laughs> shrimp etouffee on top. Somebody calls in with uh, fried oyster po' boys. I'm thinking, man, Louisiana, what we call fasting down here, other people call feasting. It's just an excuse to eat seafood. But uh, uh, if, you have, if you are fasting for Lent for religious reasons, that, that's great. You know, sometimes it's uh, – uh, I know someone who is fasting um, Facebook, and that's probably not a bad thing to, to do. Um, I'm just not there yet. Uh, but basically what we're going to try here is this 40 days of, of faith, and, and this is just a faith experiment. This is just an experiment to, to try the words of Jesus that he's saying in, in these passages, and that we're going to just seek God. and We're just going to ask him to do some stuff in our lives and see if he just might do it. Crazy, huh? So the first thing you got there says, number one, invite God to address a few of your personal needs. Number one, ask. Think about what you want Jesus to do for you. You know, I, I actually got this idea from a guy named uh, Dave Schmelzer. We have his uh, book, uh, Not the Religious Type, out there in our uh, bookshelf, uh, bookstore shelf. Um, and Dave Schmelzer, he did this a few years ago, and, you know, his his need that he put down was he, he writes fiction, and he wanted to get his fiction published. So that's what he put as his need. The second thing says, well, what do you really want Jesus to do for you? Because a lot of times when we want something, there's another motive underneath it that, that really is, is more important. So for Dave Schmelzer, he wanted to publish fiction because he thought it might open the door for the conversation of faith on a national scale, like C.S. Lewis and some other people who've done fiction, and, and it opened doors for them to engage the culture about God. So what he wanted was to get published what he really wanted was to be able to talk to more people and, and, and discuss matters of faith. So what do you want? I, you know, I can say what I want. I want to sell our place in Kenner. We've been trying to sell for almost a year now since we decided, launched on this uh, church planning endeavor. Um, that would be a real cool thing. Why do I want that? What's my motivation? Because it would finally just completely free us up to, you know, we pull up all our roots over there. And uh, anyway, that's what I want. So... Uh, Secondly, seek. In what areas do you need God's guidance and wisdom? And you, you may be in a spot where uh, you may be raising teenagers right now, and, you know, my daughter's going to turn 11 next week, and I'm, I'm praying for wisdom right now. God, <laughs> she's turning into a different species. And I, 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 <laughs> uh, you may have a situation on your job where, where you just need wisdom. You need an edge. <laughs> you, need, you need something from another place. So what are you seeking? Where do you need God's guidance or wisdom? Be specific. We were asking, you know, Jesus wasn't just talking in very abstract terms. He was saying, ask for what you want, what you need. Okay, so, so be specific. Don't ask like world peace. Ask for something that you could actually say at the end of these 40 days, God actually answered that or not. Okay? Let's take a risk. Uh, 
Third thing, knock. Is there any door you need open in your life right now? You know, I know, I know, you, know you may be needing a job right now. You may need God to open you a door for employment. You may need work. You may need uh, a, a certain thing to open up for you. So I want you to write down something along those lines. Maybe you, you don't have any doors that need to be open. That's great. You can join in with somebody else. So that's, that's the request part. The second thing is doing this journey with other people. We want to do these things called three is enough groups. We're not going to launch out a whole bunch of groups right now uh, as far as like small groups that meet at homes and stuff. But what we're going to do is these three is enough groups. And, and basically a three is enough group, you just find one or two other people that will meet with you once a week. Uh, and if you're, having a, if, if you're new here and you just don't know anybody but you'd like to do this, hey, get in touch with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a list together of some people and try to work out some times. Maybe you, maybe you work in New Orleans and you could cut away lunch once a week to get with two other guys. Uh, that'd be great. Maybe you're a, a house mom and you, you, got a, you got some kids and you can meet on a Wednesday morning, let the kids run around in the backyard, and, and you can get with a couple other ladies over this. But the point is, these groups, they don't need a leader. It's just you're getting together with a couple of people to go on the journey together. And, and what you're basically going to process is what God's doing as you're, as you're praying. And then I'm also, the, number three is uh, follow along with the uh, resources that we're going to put online each week. I'm going to be putting up resources. Uh, has anybody checked out the resources we put up the last couple of weeks? Yeah, we're going to be doing some things like that that will just be to kind of help you in this season of seeking God and asking and praying to encounter God. So if me and, me and Paul want to get together on a Tuesday evening after he gets back from the deli, uh, we'll sit down and, hey, man, how's it going as you're seeking God? Where, where are you finding your struggles? Where are you finding some resistance? Uh, it's going great, man. God already answered my prayers, man. Uh, got a new manager, uh, whatever. Is that what you're going to pray for, a cook? Uh, or two, or two. Uh, but the idea, it, it's not a, a fully structured Bible study or anything. It's just learning how to do Christianity with a couple other people, okay? It's real easy. We're not going to do a formal structure thing, but I, I think it is important, if you can, if you can make time for that, to do this journey with some other people. The fourth thing is, Anybody can participate in this journey, no matter where you are with God. You may not be a Christian yet. Hey, this is great. You get to actually try on Christianity for 40 days and see, if, hmm, how's this feel? How's it feel praying, talking to God, reading the Bible, talking with some other people? Does that feel good? You know, does that, does that feel like something you'd like to maybe try a little bit further after this? Or maybe not. Hopefully you would. But... Maybe you've been a Christian for 30 years, and you just kind of plateaued, man. Maybe for a while, you've just kind of been in a point where, man, I just don't ask God for anything anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't do anything. I just, bleh. Well, hey, maybe this is a time to kind of reignite some things in your life. And finally, all this is is just a matter of praying, asking, seeking, knocking every day. Uh, all we do is just do this. If you can just commit to do this every day, 10 or 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Those of you who commute, on the causeway, that's a great time. <laughs> you can take this little list, stick it up on your dash, and say, God, you know, this, this is the stuff that I, I, I want to pray about today. And, and just, I'm going to keep asking. Does that sound cool? Well, I, I just want us to do this journey together. And I, I'm, you know, I'm expecting, you know, Dave Schmelzer, uh, who I got this idea from, you know, God really did some amazing things in their church up in Boston. And there was a lot of people... 
who just saw incredible answers to prayer over that time. There's a lot of people who didn't. <laughs> but I, I just, I just want to see if perhaps if we're, if we're crazy enough to risk it and to ask and to believe to come to God with our needs that maybe, maybe he just might answer. Maybe he just might come through uh, and, and meet us right where we're at. Why don't you guys stand up and uh, close with a word of prayer. Father God, I I just pray tonight for every person in here, God, that you would help us to have the radical abandon of of children. Lord, that we, God, whatever hangups we have about being in relationship with you, God, whatever it is, God, we could just let go of those things, God. We could come to you with our arms wide open. I pray that every person that, that is seeking you in these next 40 days, God, would find you. God, they would find whether you, you answer their prayer outright or, or you show them something or answer their prayer in a different way that they weren't even expecting. God, I pray that every one of us in here would encounter you in a profound way in the upcoming days. Lord, we just invite you to have your way in our lives. God, change us. Let us not be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if, if, you're, if, you, if you'd like some...